Jacinda and I are the lead pastors here at Coast Vineyard, and uh, we're going to get into it. It's because uh, it's getting a little bit warmer. I thought I'd wear my uh, my tablecloth shirt today. This is a uh, this is a shirt that if you ever want to avoid detection, you could walk into cafes all around the world, lie on the table, and completely disappear. So. So this is it, it's the, it's the tablecloth shirt. So you know summer's coming when I break this out. We're in the middle of our uh, Being Better Friends series. And uh, who's finding this helpful? Is it, it's, I think we've been hearing a lot of, lot of things that people are going, you know, this has, been, this has been good. But today we're going to be looking at the importance of words in being better friends. You know, words matter. Who knows that words matter? Words matter. Words are important. Here's some words that were written in church news sheets that have been written down at different times. And uh, here's one. Bertha Belch, a missionary from Africa, will be speaking tonight at Calvary Methodist. Come here, Bertha Belch, all the way from Africa. Barbara remains in the hospital. She is also having trouble sleeping and requests tapes of Pastor Nelson's sermons. <laughs> the eighth graders will be presenting Shakespeare's Hamlet in the church basement on Friday at 7 p.m. The congregation is invited to attend this tragedy. <laughs> How about this one? Don't let worry kill you off. Let the church help. Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church and community. <laughs> Here's an announcement that was announcing the National Prayer and Fasting Conference. The cost for attending the fasting and prayer conference includes all meals. <laughs> <laughs> Last one here. Weight Watchers will meet at 7 p.m. Please use the large double door at the side entrance. <laughs> We just got like a month wrong on our news sheet. That's not too bad. So, You know, I got told this when I was a kid, came home upset. Um, got told sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And uh, as I got, you know, grew up in life, you know what I think about that? I think, do that, really. It's like, what a load of, you know, really. I want to throw some sticks and stones at whoever made that up because that's just rubbish. Like... I mean, I know that there'll be many of you here that, like, will know that it's so much easier to heal a broken bone than it is to heal a broken heart or to heal a wounded spirit. You know, words are powerful. Words are so important. Words matter. Here's some words that recently changed my daughter's life. Will you marry me? You can get life-changing words at work. You know, if you hear the words, you're fired. It changes your life. Or you get a phone call, you know, our mum's died. You know, words, words can change lives. But, but, but words are just so, so important because they allow friendship. You know, without the ability to talk, you don't get to know each other. And if you can't get to know people, you can't, you know, you can't be friends. And so friends are vital for a good life. Okay, so we're going to, look at 
this whole thing of our words today. Uh, but let's, let's pray. Let's just invite God to be in the midst of all that, uh, that we do as we continue our service together. Father in heaven, we are, we are grateful for all that you do. We're grateful for your, your presence here. We're grateful that as we step into knowing you, that, uh, that, that heaven becomes the place where is all around us, where we, we find you. We know that our, the eternal kind of life begins as we step into relationship with you and knowing you. We welcome you here. We're so grateful for your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, in the way that you are active in our lives and bringing transformation and, and encouragement and comfort and guidance and blessing, we pray that this morning that, that we would know all of those things, that each one of us, you would speak to our heart, speak to our head, that we would be able to take away something from today that would lead us more and more into the fullness of the eternal life that you have promised us. We're so grateful that you are not a God that watches from afar, but you're involved in our lives and involved in seeing us become all that you want us to be. Amen. There's this thing that the Bible talks about, and it calls it a restless evil full of deadly poison. You know what that is? The tongue. Isn't that like crazy? The tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. I'm just going to read some, some of our scripture out of, um, out of James, where he talks about our words and our tongue. James 1.26 those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. James 3, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. We'll take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. There's a fly. Can you see that fly? Is that anyone's? You just call it, call it back, call it back. Be, be gone. Foul thing. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our, God and Father, our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. 
So, whoa, heavy words. Hey, this is, and this is James talking to the church. He's not talking, you know, this, he's saying the tongue is just, it's crazy. It doesn't make you want to feel like never speaking ever again. <laughs> just, um, this is, but this is challenging for everyone. He says, this is all of us. This is all of us. You know, many of you know that the keys to, uh, to growing in faith, uh, to, to stepping more into what God has for you, is around doing things that people call like spiritual practices. It might be things like, like prayer. Like prayer. They might be things like, um, like fasting. It might be things like learning and, uh, and reading and studying the Bible. Might be things like spending time with Christians and uh, and growing together in in your faith. But here's the thing: what what James is saying, you know what? There's another one. Focusing on what we say. That we, you know, he says that words really matter. He says, you know, he says everyone everyone trips up with this. You know, we're overly critical or discouraging or mean or dishonest and. But it's interesting how, like, for, for many of us, when we look at wanting to, to do life better, we'll focus on things that uh, we, we can see that we, you know, I, I need to do better at that. It might be things like greed, or it might be lust, or it might be anger, or it might be uh, envy, or, or worry. It's like, I need to, need to do better with that. And what James is saying, he's saying, like, he's saying get your tongue under control. And a lot of these other things are just going to like sort themselves out. He's saying start with the tongue. Start with, start with the words that you're saying. Start there. You know, our words are important to bring these powerful forces in our personality in, into line in the way that we'd want them to be. So if we want to be better people, we need to work on what we say. Good words, but hard words, eh? Good words. Work on what we say, you know, with, especially, especially in the home, you know, when we're around people that uh, we're with all the time and people don't see the things that we say. So with our, you know, our, our spouses and partners and our kids, and, but also with our friends and at work and, and also when the people that you're talking about aren't around. It's like, ooh, oh yeah, ooh. So a careless or badly timed word can be a spark that sets off a major drama. But, you know, a careful word or a timely word can bring encouragement and hope and joy and blessing. Yeah, words are so, so good, so, so powerful. So I'm just going to rattle through a few things this morning. And, uh, like, looking at this whole thing of words and how it relates to being better friends. So, um, you know, when it, when it comes to words, if we think about the sort of friend, what, we'd, what would we want our friends to do with words? What would we want our friends to do with words? If we think about we're going to go from that kind of angle this morning, because if we think about what we'd love our friends to do with words, then that's going to be able to, like, point back to us and go, like, well, maybe I should be that kind of friend. Sound good? Okay, remember, be the friend that you would want to have. 
So, so what sort of friends would we want to have? I'm sure that if I threw it out there, we'd get all sorts of things. Here's a few. I want a friend that encourages me. I want a friend that encourages me. There's this wonderful story of a friendship in, uh, in the Bible. It's in 1 Samuel between uh, David, who was to become the king of Israel, and Jonathan, and Jonathan's the son of Saul, who was currently the king of Israel. And they had this special friendship. They, you know, they had spent some time together in Jerusalem, but then uh, Jonathan's dad, Saul, got a bit grumpy with David because David was really popular and uh, everyone loved him and Saul was a bit jealous and, so, and, and Saul just became, got to the point where he, yeah, yeah, things didn't go so well with Saul. Anyway, he, he wanted to really harm David and David just had to leave. And anyway, David was out in the desert. It's probably about 40 kilometers away from, from Jerusalem, maybe a bit more, um, with a bunch of his friends. And pretty, pretty tough, you know, having the king wanting to, like, harm you. And, um, and what does Jonathan do? Jonathan comes out and encourages him. It says, like, Jonathan encouraged him in God. He said things like, like, you know, God's, God's got this. You know, everything's going to be okay. The promises that God make to you are going to come to pass. Just came and encouraged him. It's another guy that we read about in the Bible in the early church, and his name was Joseph. And as uh, he sort of hung out with the uh, the key leaders in the church, those key leaders in the church says, "Like we're going to call you something different." It's like, okay, we're going to call you Barnabas, because Barnabas means son of encouragement. I'm thinking like, I'd love to have son of encouragement for a friend. You just, like, you, everything you read about Barnabas, he was always just encouraging people forward, encouraging them into the things that God had for them, encouraging them when things were hard. Even when Apostle Paul, who was, you know, one of the real big dog Christians back in the day, and he is, he's, he's so focused. Like, I can imagine Paul being, a, you know, possibly sometimes a little bit hard to, to get on with. He was so focused about, like, I've got to plant churches. I've got to see people hear about Jesus and know about Jesus. And there was one time when it talks about how he had one of his team, his church planting team, if you like, a guy called John Mark, and, um, and he let Paul down. And so Paul just says, you're off the team, pal. You're off. I can't, I can't count on you. I can't, I can't do this. I've got to have people that I, that I can count on kicks him off the, off the team and, and Barnabas is there saying, you know, saying, Paul, Paul, he's a good guy. Don't do this. He's a good guy. Um, you know, let's, let, and, and Paul says, nah. And off he goes, you know, focus Paul. And so Barnabas hangs out with John Mark and, uh, and, and leaves Paul to carry on. And, um, and then we see later on in the story of the early church that, that Paul and John Mark, you know, get back, you know, they mend their relationship and but both working together again for the kingdom. And um, you know, Barnabas is right there in the midst of that, making it happen. And it's like, wow. So good. So, you know, so I want a friend that encourages me, you know. So like, you know, yeah, it, you, you, you're good at this, you know. Don't let that setback slow you down. 
you know, you know say things like that. Or, or um, things like, I know things are, are hard right now, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be like this always, you know, like hang in there. Just hang in there. This is going to work out okay. I know that you can do this. So I want a friend that encourages me. I also want a friend that adds joy. I want a friend that adds joy. You know, you know that positive people just bring joy? It's just, just bring joy. Do you know that funny people bring joy? Some people say that, like, like people that tell jokes all the time, they're just insecure and they're just, they just, it's the only way that they know to try and make people like them is to tell jokes all the time. And, you know, that's probably a part of it for some people. But I also think that there are people that uh, they just like bringing joy into people's life. They just like coming into a space and, and bringing some joy. Like, you know, I want to. I want friends that bring joy. And again, this, you know, I talked about Paul the Apostle earlier and how he's a bit of a, probably a bit of a, a hard-nosed guy. And, uh, but there's this delightful story in, um, you know, towards the, the end of his um, uh, missionary journeys where he's heading back to, um, to, to Rome where he knows that he's been, you know, God showed him that this is going to be the end of the, the road for him. And he's, he's meeting with a bunch of the leaders uh, from around the, you know, the western coast of Turkey where he's planted churches and sort of Ephesus and, and around there. And he's telling them this and he's saying, like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be back again. And they were just, they was just so, so sad. And it's like, that's sad because he's a guy that brings joy, he just brings positivity, brings life into them. And, um, and when they found out that they weren't going to be hanging out anymore, they, was, they were sad. And so like I'd, I'd, you know, I'd hope that you know, I'd be someone that, if I wasn't around, that there'd be at least a few people that would be sad. You know? um, so I want a friend that, that, that adds joy. I want, I want a friend that, that listens. I want a friend that listens. I know that words matter, and they matter because like, sometimes the absence of words matter as well. Because you can't listen if you're talking. This is Proverbs 18.13 says this, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Ooh. There's a book that I know I have mentioned a number of times and uh, it's probably one of the best books uh, that I've read uh, helping in the journey of the Christian faith. It's a book called The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard. And um, he talks in there uh, towards the start of the book about how, you know, people are often just so concerned uh, about themselves that when they're with others, that their primary thing that they are doing is image management. Is image management. Just thinking, I better make sure I say the right things so people like me. I better just, you know, just do everything just, just right so that people like me. Um, that people think I'm, you know, I'm a... I'm, I'm impressive, or I'm, you know, I'm a good person, or, and, um, and it, it, here's a here's a little thing that you could do. Um, you're all, we're all going for lunch today, uh, somewhere, um, or through the week. Just just have just stop and, and lean back and go like, like how many people here? It's just like what they're saying is all about image management. It's all about them. All about, you know, wanting wanting to be liked. 
It's not that common when people give you their full attention. It's just not that common. But it's really refreshing. James 1 uh, verse 9 says this, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. I want to have a friend that is honest. I want to be able to trust my friends. I want friends that, uh, there's a few things to this. Like one of them is that they tell the truth. They just tell the truth. Let me ask you this, like what does it feel like when you find out that someone's lied to you? It's just, doesn't it just takes any, any kind of hope for friendship like a mile back, doesn't it? It's just like, ah. I hate it. I hate watching TV programs, like comedies, and the, every, the whole humour is like someone like, does something, makes a mistake, and then, and then they lie about it to cover it up, and then they, the whole thing is like, then they've got to lie again to, co- to cover that lie, and then they've got to lie again. And I'm just like, stop! It's just like, it just stresses me out so much. It's just this thing. It's just like, just fess up! Stop! What do you, you know, I just can't do it. I can't watch them. If it starts going down, I just, it's just too stressful. Because so. it's just, I mean, it's a big deal for me that, you know, this whole thing of just tell the truth. Just, just. Because telling the truth builds trust. Telling the truth builds trust. And once trust is built, your friendships are such a rich part of, of your life. You know that they're going to, you know, your friends are going to keep your secrets. and You know that you can trust your friends not to be like flirting with your wife. And you know that you can trust your friends to like, yeah, here's my credit card, here's my PIN number. You, you just go down and grab some stuff. You just... Life just is it's just so much richer when you can trust your friends. Proverbs eleven thirteen says a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. And when you lose trust, you just you just live in fear the whole time that it's like someone gonna like stab me in the back or are they going to um or like you've been talking about the staff. I don't know if I can trust what you say, what's what's true and what's not. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. It's just a stressful way to live. You know, one of, I've got a, a, a in my wider family, um, we've got one family member that exaggerates all the time. And it's just like every time they say something, you're just thinking like, what do I need to divide this by? It's like, like is this like a, is, is this like a divide by two, divide by ten? It's just, you just got no idea. Like, you don't know, you, you can't trust anything they say. I want friends that'll be honest with me when I'm, they see something that is happening in my life that's unhelpful. You know, like, they'll see that either I'm doing something that's hurting myself or I'm doing something that's hurting others. Hey, you know, hey, Matt, the way that you talk to your kids there, like, um, you may not realise, but... Uh, they got pretty discouraged when you said that and like, you know, you'd, you'd wouldn't want to be doing that too much because, you know, your kids could just end up really um, down on themselves. 
It's like, hey, hey, friend, you know, you're, you, you seem to be drinking way more than you used to. You know, how, how's, are, you, are you doing okay? It's so much easier to say nothing, eh? So that's another thing I'd love my friends to do, but I also love them to do it with gentleness and respect. And I, I, this whole thing of I love, you know, I want to have friends that are honest. You know, I want to have friends that, uh, that do what they say that they're going to do. You know, it's so much, again, it's easy to say that you can do something. It's a lot easier to actually do it. It's like, yeah, I'll babysit your kids anytime. Anytime. And like, okay, so, hey, we're just popping off to Rarotonga for a week. So, okay, if I just drop them off. I just, just be careful what you say, you know, like, yeah, if you ever need any help, you know, um, with anything, give us a yell. It's like, hey, we're doing concreting, 6 o'clock on Saturday. It's like, uh, 6 a.m. So for me, like, you know, there are some people that I would say to them, I say, look, you know, if you ever get stuck, just call me anytime. Call me 24-7. And then there's other people I'll say, yep, just call me like 12-5. <laughs> just make sure you, you can do what you say you're going to do. In Psalm 15, it's, it's this lovely psalm where it talks about the things that delight the heart of God. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind. I'd love a friend that, or well, I want to have a friend, is that, what have I, got there? I want a friend that, that helps when I'm struggling. How does this sound for, for a friend? It's like, hey, you know, you can, you, you can be a real jerk when you're, your business is struggling and your marriage is falling apart and your daughter's just run away from home. You know, you can be, it's like, you don't want people telling you that. You know, like, sure you're going to be like under stress and, you know, maybe not your normal self when you're under huge pressures. It's like you want, a, you want friends that can, can recognise, oh, you're having a hard time and come around you and support you. And how can I help you? Instead of telling me that I'm, I'm lazy or you shouldn't have, you know, you're stupid, you shouldn't have done that or it's your own fault or why can't you get your act together? And I want friends that, that can come and, and help. Proverbs 12, 18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I want friends that know when to talk. It's like, if I, if I need to, like, a big session, that they're up for it. But also want to know, have friends that know when not to talk. When to, listen to this, this is great. This is the wisdom of the Bible. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you and they will hate you. <laughs> So, 
I want a friend that has got my back. And when it comes to this whole thing of words, that, that they, speak, they speak well of me. Have you ever had someone, like you're, at, you're just hanging out and someone says, Oh, I met someone who knows you this, uh, this last week. We were talking about you and you're like, <laughs> you just really are, you're just like, I wonder what you guys talked about. Um, and then when you hear something like, man, they just spoke so warmly of you. It just, it just riches in your heart. Like none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. But you know, oh yeah, we were talking and they said, gosh, you're just doing such a great job. See that you've just been so helpful for them. And they were just talking about you and just saying like, you've just got such a great heart. Ephesians 4.29, it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. And uh, I'd love having friends that I hear those things and they're actually building me up. Like they, and the thing with your friends is they know you. They know that you're not perfect. They know your faults. They could talk about, oh, yeah, let me tell you about Matt. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, but, you know, friends build each other's up when they're not around. I know that Jacinda, she speaks well about me to other people and... Uh, she knows all my faults more than anyone, but she chooses to speak well of me, and um, which I really appreciate because you know I've got a typical fragile male ego, and <laughs> you know what a what a cool thing that that we we have friends that talk about us in a way that when it get back it gets back to us it builds us up, but also this whole thing of having a friend that has got my back that protects me. There's a, there's a vineyard pastor in, uh, in the States that was, um, was relatively well-known and um, just an incredible faithful servant of God and in business and then into, the, in, into ministry in his, in his 40s and and in the sort of late 50s, early 60s, um, he, he just started doing weird things, you know, like weird things. Um, and, and, the, and because he had such a high profile, um, you'd hear about these things. And people were saying, like, man, this guy's just like, what an idiot. Like, and just really bagging him. But I've got one friend who's a pastor, and, and I was talking to him and I said, like, you know, what's happening with, with this guy? And he, and he said, he, he got so cross, he says, like, why can't people look and see, the, like, the, his whole life and, and, like, go, like, he's been, you know, this faithful, solid man of God his whole life. And then this, it gets to this one point in his life and it's the whole bunch of stuff he starts doing differently. She's like, like, so instead of just writing him off, like, can't we see that something's wrong? Something's wrong. Like, like this is a mental illness thing, not a, not a, like, the guy's just lost the plot thing. He's just like, look at his track record. This is not who he is. This is not who he is. And I was listening to it, and it's like, I want friends like you 
that have got my back when they don't know all the facts. And, um, and sure enough, it was. You know, it was, it was a, a mental health thing that um, caused them to you know, behave in really bizarre ways. Um, and eventually they sort of got it on track and, and, he's, and he's doing great. But I was just like, remember thinking that. It's like, oh, that's, that's the friends I want to have that will go like, this is not, you know, so Matt did this, but you, you know, that, that is not him. I know Matt. That's not his heart, you know. And, um, and that's the friend I want to be. It really struck me. And the last thing I've got here, and again, I know that you could probably write your own list, and I'd encourage you to, because the thing of the whole reason we're doing this exercise is not about like who the friends are that we're looking for to have. It's turning it around and thinking like, if those are good friends, then that's that's who I want to be, so I can be a better friend. And the last thing here is that I want friends that pray for me. Um, I know I've talked to you, you know, from time to time about this um, friend, uh, vineyard pastor in the States, David Parker, who's um, just in a really, really tough time um, with uh, aggressive, you know, advanced aggressive cancer. And um, one of the things that he, he did to me once was he bought me a bottle of hot sauce. And it's like... So the weight of my heart is to, is to buy me hot sauce. So, um, but like every time I use hot sauce, I pray for him. I don't pray for him all the time, but I use hot sauce a lot. So I do pray for him a lot. And uh, I pray for him. And I've got other, I've got um, in my little office I've got at the bottom of my garden, I've got little post-it notes of when I've talked to different friends and I've sort of just asked them what's happening, is there anything I can pray for you? And they say, and I just scribble a few things down and stick them in places so I can pray for my friends. And, and I know that there are people that pray for me, that I have people, and it really makes a difference. Like, it, you know, I just find that it's almost like I know when people are praying. There's just more energy, there's more wisdom, there's more uh, clarity, more joy, and um, I know I've said this before, but uh, if you ever, if you'd like to pray for me, but you think like, oh, I'm just not disciplined enough to do it all the time, here's, here's the thing, if you ever see roadkill, okay, that's, take that as God's telling you to pray for me, okay, alright, don't let that possum die in vain, okay, this is would love you to do that. Saw two unfortunate incidents on the way into church this morning. Um, <laughs> I, I pray. I thought, like, oh, that's God telling me to pray for something this morning. You know, what a wonderful thing it is to have friends that are asking things of the Almighty God on your behalf. What a wonderful thing. So this week... And in the weeks ahead, when you're with your, your spouse, partner, your, your friends, your, your family, your workmates, your neighbours, think about your words. Think about your words. How can I be a life giver with my words? How can I build you up? 
How can I be the friend that I would want to have? How could I be the friend that I would want to have?